war of words getting to the heart of our communication struggles. And we have seen that communication, the ability to communicate, to, to communicate words verbally and, as we'll see today, nonverbally, and to receive communication as well is a gift from God. And because it's a gift from God, then, it has purpose associated with it. That God has a purpose for giving us this unique ability to communicate. And we want to see, therefore, what God has to say about our communication struggles in the book that he's communicated to us and for which he gave us the ability to receive revelation, communication from him. And that book is the Bible. The guys have some Bibles for anybody that doesn't have one. But will you look at Genesis 3? Genesis 3, if you have your Bible, look at Genesis 3. If you don't have a Bible, then put your hand up. The guys will get you one so that you can follow along at Genesis 3, right at the very front of your Bible, third chapter. We'll look at it in just a bit. Communication is a gift from God, therefore has purpose. God's purpose is that we use the God-given ability that he has provided in order to praise him with our mouths and our, our words and to teach others, our children, to praise him and bring honor to him with our communication ability. And to receive the revelation, his instructions to us so that we know who we are, who he is, and why he's placed us here. It's a gift from God that has purpose, but also because it's a gift from God, it has moral freight associated with it. Our words matter to God. So Matthew chapter 12, verses 34 to 36, Jesus says, Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And that we will be judged... According to, Jesus says there, every idle word that we, we speak. So it's a gift from God. It, it's a purposeful gift. It is a gift that has moral uh, freight associated with it. It matters to God. Jesus says that the words we speak come out of our hearts. And so our hearts are the central issue in our words. We must then, in the words of Proverbs, guard our hearts. And so I gave four things that we need to do because marriage, or excuse me, communication is a gift from God with purpose and morality associated with it. There are four things that, that we have to do. We have to be careful what goes into our hearts because what goes in tends to come out. If it's a heart matter, if it's an inside job, if it really is the case that the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart, we need to be careful what we allow into our hearts. If you had an absolutely pure heart, then what came your way wouldn't matter because you would filter it with that pure heart. But you don't, and I don't. And so the impurities that we allow to come through our, our minds and the seat of the person, the Bible calls the heart, tend to settle there for us and to come out in our attitudes and our, our words. So the first thing is we've got to be careful. We've got to censor the things that we allow into our hearts. And the second thing is we've got to take responsibility for the words we speak. It's not what someone else did. It's what I've allowed in that has now come out, says Jesus. So it's my fault. It's not her fault. It's not his fault. It's not somebody else's fault. I take full responsibility for the words that I speak. Jesus is going to hold us accountable. We best start holding ourselves accountable now. So censor what goes in. Take full responsibility. Thirdly, see communication as essential to loving someone. It's absolutely necessary to engage in proper communication, listening and speaking, verbally and non-verbally, if you're going to love someone 
the way Christ loves us and the way the Bible defines love. And then fourthly, we've got to pass this on to the next generation. We've got to teach our kids that communication is sacred. Words are sacred. The ability to communicate is a gift from God. And so you, you do not allow your kids to engage in habits that are going to diminish their verbal capacity. That's a mouthful, but what, are, what am I saying? Things that cause them to not interact with people. And you don't do the interacting for them when they have the ability to do it themselves. You teach them to communicate. It's a gift from God. It's sacred. And so they don't text all day. And they don't sit in front of the tube in the video screen all day. And all the stuff you heard me bark about last week. So if we're going to get to the heart of our communication struggles, we must take communication as seriously as God does. And over these last few weeks, I've been trying to show you how seriously God takes it by reminding you that it is a gift from God with purpose that has moral freight associated with it, that issues forth from the heart, and so we have to do these, these four things. Now with that, here's what I'd like to focus on, on today. Since it's a gift from God, since it has moral freight associated with it, then our communication is always first vertical before it's horizontal. That is, the way I communicate has always had an impact on my relationship with God before it ever has an impact on my relationship with another human being. He gave it. It's a matter of the heart. And he sees the the communication of the heart before it ever comes out on the tongue. Did you know that? Well, that's ugly. I thought I could just bite my tongue. Or I thought I could just go and tell my friends at work what a crumb my husband is. That way it won't hurt him, but I get it off my chest. No, you don't just bite your tongue because it's in your heart. And it's first vertical before it's ever horizontal. It's first a God thing before it's ever a man thing. The way we talk matters to God, and it begins in our hearts. And God sees what you're thinking long before you ever say it. And that's why you go to the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says, you know, you've heard it said you should not commit adultery, but I say if you've lusted in your heart, you've committed adultery already. God knows. You've heard it said you should not commit murder, but I say if you have hatred in your heart, you've committed murder already. God knows. And the Bible has much to say about the ways we should speak, but God knows the heart before it ever comes out on the tongue. It's first vertical before it's ever horizontal. It is first a matter of my relationship with God before it's ever a matter of my relationship with somebody else. That ups the ante for how we think and then in turn how we, how we communicate. Now to tease that out further then, a broken relationship with God, then, means I'm going to have broken relationships with people. Or look at it from the reverse angle. Do you know why people have broken relationships? Did you see how much of the trailer was about how people think and talk? Got people at work saying, oh, I know what he's up to. This is what you should do. Let me tell you the way the world works. And the harsh words that they're having with each other. But... That movie is going to make the point that all of that, all of that started in the heart of both of those individuals. 
Broken relationships on the human level, on the horizontal level, are because of broken relationships on the vertical level. It starts with God. Now, you say, I don't have a broken relationship with God. I'm a Christian. I'm a child of God. I'm in His family. I have a relationship with Him. That's all true if you've come to Jesus Christ as your Savior. You're in His family. And your relationship with Him will never be broken. So, change it then. Strained relationships with people are because of a strained relationship with God. Even as a child of God, you can still have a strained relationship with your father. Because your heart is far from him. My heart is far from him. And that then manifests itself, displays itself, shows itself in my relationship with people. Everybody good? It's first a God thing before it's a people thing. It's first vertical before it's horizontal. It starts with God and it displays itself in our relationships with people. Now, from where do I get that? I get that from where I ask you to turn in Genesis chapter 3. And Genesis chapter 3 is where our communication problems begin. Matter of fact, it's where all of our problems begin. The serpent, verse 1, was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say... You must not eat from any tree in the garden. Here is foreign communication. This is, this is false, evil communication. Verse 2, the woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat fruit from the tree that's in the middle of the garden. You must not touch it or you will die. You will not die. Talk about evil communication. Straight out contradiction. Verse 4. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. So in verse 5, you have the gal at the water cooler at work. He's trying to butter you up for a divorce. Because the mouth of the serpent still speaks through a million megaphones. And so it's lying, it's, it's, it's lying communication, putting a spin on things. This is God's real motive. This is your husband's real motive. And so she believes. Verse 6, When the woman saw the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some, ate it, gave it to her husband who was with her, and he ate it. The eyes of both of them were opened. They realized they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together. They made coverings for themselves. We're going to read on. I want you to notice in verse 7 that they are covered. They're not physically naked anymore. They have coverings. That will be important in a second. Verse 8, the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It appears that Adam and Eve would commune with God regularly. So much so that they could recognize this, here's a big word for you, anthropomorphism. That's God taking on characteristics of humanity in order to condescend to where people are. They heard him walking. And apparently they knew that sound. It was a regular routine for them. They heard the Lord God. And they were made for that communication with God and that fellowship with God. And they had it prior to the entrance of sin. But because it's first vertical before it's horizontal, everything's going to go south, including between Adam and Eve, because it's now going south between Adam, Eve, and God. And so these people who enjoyed this fellowship with God prior to, so much so that they recognized when he came around, as it were, 
Now notice what happens. They heard the sound, verse 8, of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they, man, these are sad words, they hid from the Lord. These people who were made to be totally transparent before God in their vertical relationship with him, who had that, it is now destroyed. It is now broken because they've sinned. And now these people who were made for relationship with God are hiding. They hid. Verse 9, the Lord called to the man, where are you? What do you think the chances are God knows where he is? He's smoking Adam out. God knows what's happened. He answered, verse 10, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was, I was naked. By the way, is Adam naked? Adam's covered, isn't he? Verse 7. So he's not physically naked. He is now laid bare spiritually before God. He's ashamed. His relationship with God, his vertical relationship, is now severed. And now he's hiding. He was made for fellowship. He's now running. He says, I was naked, so I hid. Who told you you were naked, says God? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? What are the chances God knows? And then here's what happens. Remember I said it's, it's first vertical before it's horizontal. You see the breakdown uh, vertically, right? We see that? They were made for fellowship with God. They know the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. But now they're hiding. The relationship is broken. He's not physically naked, but now he's spiritually naked before God. He's ashamed before his God. And what's the result of that now on the horizontal level between Adam and Eve? What did you do, Adam? Verse 12, the man says the woman. Here we go. Marriage, 2009. What's my problem? Her. First two words out of my mouth, the woman. But not just any woman, the woman you put here. Here's the one thing we know. Jimmy Buffett is not in the garden. Why do I mention the great theologian Jimmy Buffett? Some of you may be familiar with his words in Margaritaville. And he goes through verse by verse trying to decide whose fault it is. And at first, it's her fault. And finally, it gets to the end of the song. It takes him to the end of the song to finally say, it's my own stinking fault. Or words to that effect. Right? But whose fault is it? It's her fault. Ultimately, it's your fault. You put her here. It's first vertical before it's horizontal. It's first a God thing before it's between people. It's first your heart before it comes out in your words. And you see that in Genesis chapter 3, right? So it goes south real quick. The Lord says to the woman, verse 13, what have you done? The woman says, I'm a sinner, I repent, will you please forgive me? That's not what she says. The woman says, verse 13, or excuse me, yeah, middle of verse 13, the serpent. So she's living in Margaritaville as well. It's somebody else's fault. 
the serpent, and implied is we know who made the serpent. So this is still pointed back to God. The vertical relationship is now broken, and it now has effects on the horizontal relationship. And so here's what begins to happen. People in their communication because of sin before God, in their hearts before God, people in their communication begin to hide. And they also begin to hurl. They hide and they hurl. And when I say hurl, I don't mean upchuck. I mean they hurl words. They hurl accusations. And you see both of those going on in Genesis chapter 3. Hiding and hurling accusations. Now I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about how now we hide because of our broken, strained, vertical relationship. How we hide in our horizontal relationships. Everybody good? Everybody see that? I'm not making this up. This is what happens. It's what happened there, and it's what has continued to happen now in the millennia since the garden. We hide and we hurl accusations. So let's talk a bit about how we hide and how we hurl. How do we hide? Well, when you hide in the... In the sense that you refuse to communicate. That's one way to hide. I don't want to what? I don't want to talk about it. That's one form of hiding. But here's the problem with I don't want to talk about it. God gave you a gift. Remember from the first three weeks? And guess what the gift was designed for you to do? Talk about it. That's why He gave you the ability to listen, to process, and to talk. It's not an option to just hide, clam up, say, I don't want to talk about it. It is not an option to curl up in your own little world and hide from people because you're first hiding from God. It's not an option because it's sin. God gave you a gift for you to proactively use in the lives of other people. And when you say, I ain't, forgive the grammar, I ain't going to talk about it, I don't want to talk about it, I'm going to shut myself up in my job, in my hobbies, in my pleasures, I'm going to go out to the garage and work on the car, I'm going to do cross-stitch, I'm going to do anything but deal with these people that God has placed in my sphere of influence to use this good gift that He's bestowed on me. I'm going to do anything but use that the way he said, I'm going to hide. I don't want to talk about it. It's not an option because it's sin. It's failing to use what God has given for the purpose for which he gave it. Or to put it another way, it's a sin of omission. You all remember that there is such a thing? You say, I keep a pretty close list Keep pretty close track of the sins I commit. Every time I commit a sin, I go to God and ask forgiveness. <laughs> Good luck with that. Because you sin way more times than you ever know. We sin not only in our words, we sin first in our thoughts, as I've been saying. Sin begins in our hearts. And we sin in our attitudes. We don't say anything. 
That's got a, I've got a sinful attitude. So I sin in my, my attitude, and I sin in my words, and I sin in my actions, but it gets worse than that. There are certain attitudes in the Bible that I'm commanded to have that I don't have most of the time or much of the time. So that's a sin of attitude omission. There are words that are supposed to build other people up and help other people. The Bible calls it edifying, building an edifice, constructing, constructive speech, using my words to build others up. But when I fail to open my mouth, I'm sinning by not talking in that way, omitting what God has said. Sins of commission, I commit sin, but then I got sins of omission. So James chapter 4 and verse 17, <clears throat> James 4:17. to him that knows the good that he ought to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now, do you all know why you have the ability to communicate? You do. I told you. God gave it. And God gave it for a good purpose. For you then to fail to do that, to omit that from your life, from your regular routine, from your relationships, is sin of omission in your words. You don't have the option to hide. You can't say, I don't want to talk about it. I'm going to slam the door. I'm going to go out with my buddies. I'm going to get away from it. You don't have that option. And when you do, you sin. And you fill in the blank whatever escape mechanism you have developed to get away from using the good gift that God has given for the purpose for which he gave it. And there's a zillion of them. There's your romance novel. There's your soap on TV. There's eating a half gallon of briars. It's my way of getting away. Just escaping, whatever. And it goes back to the garden and you are hiding. And the reason you're hiding from people is because you're first hiding from who? It's first vertical before it's horizontal. So we hide. It's a sin of omission. And we hide <clears throat> both good then and bad. That is, we hide, we fail to communicate the good things that we are required to communicate to people. And we hide the bad things that we might otherwise communicate to people. So we reason wrongly, but we reason, hey, it's better that I just get out of the house than just tell her what I really want to say. Well, it's true. I mean, it's better that you get out of the house than commit assault. It's better from a human standpoint. That'll keep you out of jail. That'll keep a lawsuit from happening, probably, all of that. But, you know, I don't care about that. I care about your relationship with God. That's the one for whom you were made. And going out of the door, yeah, that might save somebody's life or save you some headaches. But it doesn't change one whit what's going on in your heart. And a change of address without a change of heart changes nothing. That's pretty good. Change location. But if you don't change your heart, guess what you take with you to the new location? 
And God will be at the new location. Right, the woman won't be. It'll be some other woman. The solution to your marriage problem is not then get a different woman or get a different guy. It's get a different heart. So we hide good, the good things that we're supposed to construct, edify. We hide the bad, reasoning that it's better than, well, reason all day. Here's a better idea. Read the Bible. Or listen to what that guy who, whose job it is, ministry it is to teach the Bible, tells you. That the big issue is your relationship with God. And so that doesn't make it better. So we hide. We hide the good and the bad and further. What we hide tends to ferment. So I'm not going to deal with it. I'm going to internalize it. So I internalize it. Guess what that does? It ferments. It grows and it gets ugly. Your refusal to use the gift of communication, the good gift of communication that God gave for the purpose for which you gave it, to internalize, to clam up, to hide, tends to ferment. It gets worse over time. Now, haven't you seen that? You see people who then, for years, you got two couples who don't have a marriage, they have an existence. They're in the same house, but they're not partners. They share the same space, but they don't share lives. And over time, it has fermented, often for both of them. This is the 65-year-old couple next to you in the booth at the restaurant. Who, if they speak a single word to each other, it's going to be unkind. Pass the salt. I told you I hate this restaurant. And you you see them, and it is heartbreaking. It is sad. These are people who have been together for 30 years in an existence, not in a marriage. Because they've been hiding for 30 years. And it's been fermenting for 30 years. What we hide ferments. And because it ferments, and because it gets worse, usually, usually, eventually, in some form, what we hide comes out. I'm hiding it. I'm not dealing with it. It's fermenting. And now what it requires is the right stimulus for it to come out. So where can it come out? comes out with your buddies. comes out at work. You saw it on that? that, That's exactly realistic. These people really understand me. They don't have a clue. They they absolutely don't have a clue if they're not in God's Word. But they'll tell you what you want to hear. Because frankly, they're as miserable as you are. So it comes out. I'm not going to talk to her about her. I'm going to talk to them about her. And i got a name for her. And it's not the name she was given on her birth certificate. It's the old lady. It's my old lady. Or my old man. Or the jerk. Or the whatever. I got a name. I don't talk to him or her. I talk to them. What we hide 
ferments, and usually comes out. Unfortunately, it doesn't come out to the right people or in the right way. Maybe it comes out, then finally, it finally comes out to the person who could be part of the solution, namely the one with whom you have the problem, the one in this relationship that you were placed by God and given a responsibility to communicate. Maybe it finally now comes out to him or her. But it's usually this way. They pushed my buttons, and I just flew off the handle. And I, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. It was just like a blaze of anger. I was just seeing red. Next thing I knew, I smacked her. Next thing I knew, I pushed him. I was packing his bags, or I threw his stuff out on the, out on the porch. Or I shot him. Hey. Hey, believe me, I've been there. Okay. Kim missed me by that much. You know? <laughs> so I'm hiding. All the while sinning. It ferments. It usually comes out. Usually not to the right people. If it does come out to the right person, not in the right way, to put it mildly. And all the while I'm hiding and sinning in doing so, I'm doing what I told you guys about last summer. If if you remember, that I am listening to myself the whole time. Rather than, does anybody remember? Just give me one person who remembers. My Thank you. I'm, I am listening to myself rather than talking to myself, rather than preaching to myself. I'm allowing my heart to speak rather than allowing the Word of God to speak and correct this hiding that I'm engaged in. And so it continues to slide downward. The more we hide, the less we tend to share. So the more I get used to this, it is more comfortable than the pain of actually having to go through communication with someone with whom I'm at odds. So I continue to do it. And the more I hide, the less I tend to share. I, can, I continue to clam up. And further, the more I hide, the less I let in. Not only am I not communicating to the people that God has placed in my sphere of influence using the gift that he's given for the purpose for which it was given, and the more I hide, the less I tend to share, but now the more I hide, the less I want anybody else coming into my insulated world. This is a miserable... So, this is how a person gets to 80 years old. And they are absolutely miserable. They've cut themselves off from everybody. Because they've gone through this process that began where? In their heart. And they failed to deal with it. So usually it comes out. It might come out in a bombastic sort of way. If you clam up long enough, very often you blow up, is one way to put it. But, you know, that depends on the personality. Some people don't clam up. They may, or excuse me, blow up. They may never blow up. They just quietly assault the other person non-verbally. So I want to deal with that for a minute. 
Did you know you can assault somebody non-verbally? Over the years in, in ministry, I have had just people who, for whom others would come to me regularly and say, what's, what's wrong with her? What's eating at her? And I go, I'm not, not sure. Why? Well, you know, I asked her how everything's going. I asked her how everything's going with life, with family. I just asked her how everything's going. And she just says, eh. she doesn't say anything. She just gives you this. Well, does, does your spouse know that you feel that way? Yeah. They don't have to say anything, right? To tell you he's a crumb, he doesn't care, nobody cares about me. You can assault non-verbally. You can communicate in, generally, in general non-verbally. My life's falling apart, and you should feel sorry for me. And you should go tell somebody to feel sorry for me. Namely, go tell the pastor to get his act together and start ministering to the hurting. But here's a better idea. I mean, that's one way to get that done. Here's a better idea. Open your trap and say, here's what's going on. Can you help me deal with this according to God's word? Say that to any brother or sister. Say that to me. And the response I know from me and I suspect from you will be, I'll do everything I can to help you. But enough of the nonverbal innuendo. And some of you have been engaging in nonverbal innuendo for years. And here's how you know you're doing it. If you have multiple people coming to you saying, what's wrong? Then you're nonverbally communicating to them that there's a problem, but you don't want to, what? You don't want to talk about it. One final passage on that, and we'll move on. Oh, baby, we're out of time. Do you know in James 5, James chapter 5 says that if anyone is sick, if anyone has trouble, let him or her call for the elders of the church. So it's not the deal that he or they should just know. See, James doesn't say that. If any of you is sick or has trouble, they'll just know. Don't worry about it. They'll show up. Well, here's my problem. I'm not omniscient. And you have to talk. And you send for the elders, send for others to help. And that's what the family of God is about, to, is to help. But you can't continue to hide. You must use the gift of communication that God has given for the purpose for which he gave it. So we hide and we hurl. And I will talk about how ways we hurl next week, okay? All right, let's thank the Lord for our day. We'll be done. Thank you, Jesus, for the word of God. Thank you that it is a light to our path, a lamp 
to our feet. That we don't have to stumble around in darkness knowing why we're here, what we're supposed to do, who you are, what you require of us. We've been given light. We've been given light from your word. The word of God tells us who we are, how you made us, what you require. And in it, you give us the tools to be what you require. Lord God, help us to be people who are constantly turning on the light, coming to the light, loving the light. Help us, Lord, to not only see the light in your word, but to take it with us now as we depart from here this afternoon, this week. Help us to be people who are not Christians for an hour on Sunday. But we're your people every moment of every day. And the light of your word is being played out in our hearts and in our thoughts and in our words. Lord, help it to change us to the core of our being. I pray, Lord God, that brothers and sisters here right now in this sacred moment are taking seriously what they have heard. They're determining by your grace that they are no longer going to fail to communicate sin by omitting the communication that you require of us to build others up. If we require help to, to seek for it, go with us this week, Lord God, as we try to do this now. Help us, Lord, to be willing to open our mouths to mend broken relationships through the pattern that you have so clearly given. Confess, ask forgiveness, and begin to love with our words and our deeds. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.